0: fuck demons i am your queen i am losing my voice which is why i just cracked and welcome to sex news with ray i'm your host ray and today i'm here with king scorpio a recording artist and kink educator on tiktok King Scorpio, say hi. Well, hello
1: everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with the Queen. It's very fitting that the King here, episode 41. I'm very excited.
0: Thrilling stuff. I love how your voice just sounds super perfect and melodic first thing in the morning. And mine, on the other hand, is just it's gonna be a fun adventure. Today's article is called "One in Five Boys Are Neutral on Consent Being Required for Sex. It's from the Irish Examiner, August 24th, 2021. I want to remind us that sometimes we pull news from places that aren't North American, and so cultural differences are a factor. So we cannot take this article article and their statistics and apply them to where we live if we do not live in Ireland. So keep that in mind, listeners. As the title says, NUI Galway's active consent program, based on the views of 613 post-primary students, find that 93% of females and 79% of males agree that consent is always required for sexual activity. However, 18% of boys were neutral about if it's always required, with 3% disagreeing, Versus 6% and 1% for the girls. So a higher percentage of boys are neutral rather than the girls. 62% agreed consent always needed to be verbal. And a quote from the article says, There was a significant gender gap in personal comfort with being sexually intimate with someone they had just met at a party, with females less likely to be comfortable than males. Wow, who would have fucking guessed? While 7% of females were comfortable with intimate touching, 51% of males said they were comfortable. But then goes on to say that everyone perceives a higher percentage of their peers as being comfortable. Uh, Being awkward, embarrassed, or being afraid of being judged or ruining the mood emerged as key barriers to consent communication. So, uh, King, you are a young man teaching consent and kink on TikTok. What are you hearing from young men today about consent?
1: Well, first of all, I am offended that you would ask me to step outside my westernized headspace and North American way of thinking in that bubble to like be worldly and think about the way other cultures do things. That's pretty fucking ridiculous, honestly. And I'm very offended. (laughs) On the other hand, those are some fucking crazy numbers. Like, oh my God, 7% of women are comfortable with intimate touching on the first meetup. And more than half of guys are like, fuck, yeah, touch my dick, please. I've been waiting. Oh, my God.
0: Clear points of socialization right there. I think this assumption that you need to get your dick touched, like the social pressures boys feel to have their dick touched and the social pressures girls feel girls feel to not touching dicks
1: Mm, yes
0: or having their clits touched in general do they even know they exist at that age that's the other question (laughs) or us for that matter yeah i remember being in high school and like i was definitely interested in sex but i didn't necessarily want to have to tell anyone what to do (laughs) i just wanted it to like just purely just i just wanted to have lost my virginity without having had to lose my virginity so that it could just be easy you know, I definitely understand It's that
1: that economy is very interesting of like how boys grow up. You're not a real man unless you you get your dick wet and everything that we do is centered around that. The, the, the way we act, the way we talk, the kind of clothes that we uh, that we wear, what we do in front of women. But then like women grow up like, hey, never let a penis touch you. Never let a man near you or anything that has to do with anything, your genitalia. And it's like it's very strange. I don't understand why we do that. Like, it just makes everybody. It just makes everybody feel awkward and horrible about themselves when they grow up. And it's just so
0: fucking stupid. I mean, I do think that is the goal from what I've read. You're in the States. I should have clarified yes. for us. I'm in Canada. We have a few. We have a, even we have different cultural values, depending on where you grew up in the city versus a rural area here. But I know that in the States, there's a lot of like Christians lobbying the government for abstinence only education. We don't have that here. Oh, my God. Like. We have people who have opinions about abstinence-only education, but there's no like legal federal mandate saying that like you must teach this, and tax dollars go towards it. So
1: it's very interesting. Like, you know, have you noticed how like in all the places where they teach abstinence only, those 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 teen right those uh, teen um pregnancy rates are just sky high. Who would have guessed? crazy.
0: Did you know that the failure rate of abstinence as a as a uh, a birth control method is like fifty percent because a lot of people don't actually have the same definition of abstinence. Or don't even know how to do it properly. (laughs) People who claim to be abstinent have a failure rate of 50%. Fuck
1: me in the ass because I love Jesus. So, I mean, like, you know, it's fine. It's not, it doesn't count if it's in the butt.
0: Is that even a real thing, though? (laughs) No. It's anal sex. It's just sex. No, I know. But I I meant more like, do people, I feel like that's a stereotype that like, people are like, no, fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus. Uh, But like, do we actually know anyone who's doing anal instead of vaginal intercourse to preserve their virginity? Because I feel like that would be. I hope not.
1: But all jokes come from a true place in some degree. So I know there's like one person like, oh, no, it's OK,
0: because, you know, one person, one time. Now everyone <laughs> does it, something like that. Uh, you're in university, correct? Or college? What do you say in the States? College? We say college. Yes, I am a college
1: age. Uh, I'm currently out of college, plan on going back in the spring. But I recently did have a few college experiences. My one of my best friends is a president of a fraternity. So, you know, I was all up in the mix and saw some saw some things that i wish i didn't see
0: uh consent related or
1: yes with my best friend he almost got assaulted
0: wow please Kate, yes. do you feel like sharing you don't have i'm fine have with me. sharing
1: i was um with myself see hmm, i guess technically this is my first college party uh this was earlier in april this year uh went up to visit my boy because we haven't seen each other in a while. thought <laughs> everything would be fine. I'm driving up like oh yeah my boy is the president of his own fraternity like you know got plenty of connections everything's gonna be fun. it's gonna be lit. We went to like our third let maybe not party our third um event of the night, second party. and you know I was talking so with one uh, a lady that I just met that night and you know we went up we had some stuff i came back down and like i'm talking to my boy i'm like hey what's going on you know we're having a great time and like he's like just blasted and he was telling me that like this girl that he's known for a little while like you know you know everybody knows each other at this college. just a bigger college but not everyone knows each other at this point him being a junior and all and he's like telling me like yeah she she kept feeding me drinks and you know, she kept like saying, "Like, edging me on, you know, more and more and more." And you know, wanted like kept flirting with me, wanted to take me home. i was like, "What?" I'm like, "What do you, what do you, what do you mean?" Like, she, she kept feeding you, like, you look very drunk. I'm not seeing you drunk in a little while, and she tried to take you home. And it was like, yeah, like you know, like I don't know what happened. And then I saw the girl, and he, at this point he happens to be talking to a girl, relatively seriously, a different girl. You know, they're not exclusive, so you know, nothing wrong there, but. Uh, as they're walking to her car, she they, it almost happened. Like They were at her car, and then he just happened to see her with her friends at a car park next to them. They like No one knew exactly what was happening. They didn't notice him yet. And he saw them, and he, that was just a sobering moment for him. He was like, oh, yo, what the fuck? What's going on? What's happening? That's the girl that I talked to. Who's this girl over here? I don't know. Why am I going with her? What's going on? And then he talk, started went over, talked to them, and walked back to the party. And he told me about everything. I'm like, bro, you almost got assaulted. <laughs> like,
0: what yeah. do you mean? I find it so fascinating how people don't actually... We teach this idea that sexual assault happens from a stranger in the bushes who's going to pop out and rape you behind a dumpster, which, as we know, also does happen. Yes. Uh, that was a big news thing uh, a few years ago. But that's not that's not the majority of how assault actually happens. There's a lot of situations involving alcohol where people are intentionally over-serving other people to try and take advantage of them. And because we don't get taught what consent looks like or what, you know, someone trying to assault you actually looks like. We don't we can't identify it. I mean he's lucky that he's a friend like you to be like, dude, that was assault. But I remember being in high school and early university and hearing stories from friends describing things that happened to their friends and their friends saying, That's not assault, that's just what boyfriends do. Or that's not assault, that's just boys. <laughs> boys and boys. but in this oh case, that's not assault. You should you should have wanted a girl to take you home. A guy should wanna, as you said, get his dick wet no matter the cost, whether or not exactly. he wants it or not, he should be <laughs> wanting to get his dick wet. If we actually taught what consent looked like Maybe we wouldn't have people unaware of what's happening to them. They could say, oh, this is a red flag, which I guess is maybe why you're doing this on TikTok. Yes, exactly. Because
1: the comments that I get on my videos, they're crazy to me. Some of them are heartbreaking. Some of them are just like, what? What do you mean? Like, when, like, oh, my gosh. When I, talk, like when I made a, one of my videos about uh, using safe words, two of them actually uh, blew up. And when I see people in my comments thinking about like how scared some submissives are to safe word because they don't want their their uh, their dominance to be mad at them or upset with them or be disappointed with them or punish them. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't want your dom to punish you for using a safe word? Like it's not like all their doms are doing it, but it's like there's like a pressure to not do it because they want to be a good submissive. And they feel like it's because it's a lack of communication it's because they feel like. Oh, if I say for a doubt, he's not gonna like me. Or I say he. I don't wanna do heteronormative, but they don't. They won't like me, or they're gonna think I'm a bad submissive, or they're not gonna wanna play with me anymore. They're gonna bad mouth me to the community, and it's just like crazy. Like it's just like a lack of education and like just the just lack of education is crazy. Yes, exactly. That's why I'm doing it because because of things like that.
0: Yeah. We we've spoke earlier on this podcast with a previous guest of mine, and we were talking about that exact same thing about not wanting to use a safe word because you want to be a good sub and feeling that pressure. So making sure that there's open communication. How would you describe the difference between a dom and a top?
1: Uh, I feel like it would be intent for me. Like, I feel like at any point, I, I feel like at almost any point, the roles can switch between a top and a, a top and a bottom. Because like a top is a person that's giving, so like during foreplay, I would be a top, but then like when my partner starts doing things to me, like say he starts giving me like you know giving me oral, like in that situation they would be a top and I would be the bottom in that situation. But in that we could be doing sexual things during a scene, and in the whole within the whole um context of the scene, I'm. But, well, personally, you know, I only dom. I would be the dom in that situation. <laughs> like, I, like if I'm commanding them, and that's an interesting thing. Like, if I'm commanding my submissive to do something to me, then, like, you know, that gets into another kind of thing. I'm like, okay, well, like, like you're, you're a bottom, but you're also a dom in the scene. Like, people have like, very narrow and very black and white views on that kind of thing. I'm like, nah, it's all pretty flexible, fam. I get it doesn't really, doesn't really got to be.
0: I would say if you are receiving oral, that doesn't, you know, you can receive oral uh, and you can also mm-hmm. throat fuck someone. Technically you're still <laughs> receiving oral, but that's a pretty dominant thing to do. <laughs> this
1: is also uh, a good old throw of fucking. Yeah. Lots of fun. Who doesn't like But that? I guess maybe maybe that's a hypocritical point then. Because maybe I was looking at it pretty black and white. I always see like a top as someone who is giving and a bottom as always someone who's receiving. But when it comes to domination and submission, I see I think of it as a lot more personally I think of it as a lot more um, vulnerable. Something making out more special or more ritualistic, like... Sacred? Yeah, yeah, that's the one.
0: (laughs) I know you've done a lot of TikToks sort of on this. If you were going to give someone tips on identifying a dom versus an abuser, what would be some things to look out for?
1: Well, for one, being very sex focused, not really focusing, not really wanting to get to know you as a person, but only thinking about what you can give them sexually or what parts of your body that you can give them. Like they're only focusing on, okay, how soon can we get together? How soon can we play? Uh, what are your, um, not what your body count necessarily, but I mean, some people might ask things like that. Like, um, are you a good submissive? Things like that. And like the type of rhetoric they use too. Like they don't ask what is okay to call you. They don't really ask anything about like your limits. You know, like, oh, what kind of things have you done before? Like, what are you uh, interested in? What are you not okay with? They're just like, okay, we're going to do this. And this is what you're going to be like, you don't even say like this is going to be okay with like this. You're going to do this. We're going to do this. I want to do this. And like they make it all about themselves and not make it about, it's an experience between two people. And it's a be- very beautiful experience between two people. And they make it all about themselves. And they just, i said those are two of the biggest ones, making it all about the sexual aspect, because it's, it's, especially when I talk about this with my vanilla friends, like which I completely understand. Like a lot of people can't really separate kink and sex, which I find very interesting. Like most of my friends in the kink community don't do scenes with other people, like, in a sexual manner. They do it because it's fun and it's it's a uh, it's a riveting experience for both parties. Like it's not usually sexual. Like unless like it's with your partner or with your submissive or your dom or things like that, but like whenever someone hears like a, like a random person on the street hears like BDSM or submission domination, they think like oh you know, get the whips and chains on you know you're gonna choke me you're gonna like tie me up they only think about it in a sexual context, and I won't I'm not gonna you know kind of conflate you know people thinking like that and like oh they're all abusers they don't they they, they don't know what they're doing. But I'd say that's definitely something that's dangerous, that um, that lack of education in the in the community, definitely, because a lot of people that are new might think, oh, well, I mean, this is what it is. So, I mean, like, OK, that's OK, because, you know, this is a sex thing. So, you know, of course, they're only going to be focused on the sex and like on, oh, they're a dom. So, you know, of course, they're going to be telling me what to do. And You know, this is more about them and things like that. And it can get very dangerous. I mean, I think that's why I see so many comments like that on my TikToks about like, you know, like uh, there's a lot of new people. Like one of the most questions, one of the questions that I get the most, you know, how do I find a Dom? Cause you know, in, a, in the community, there's more uh, bottoms and tops, bottoms and tops, uh, submissives than dominants. So that makes it even more dangerous for like, um, for potential abusers to pop up because like, it's like basically, if you're a popular dom, or if, like you know what you're doing, you basically get to like have your pig. Like everyone wants to come to you, and like you don't have to like go to like a lot of people because they're all coming to you. So like, if anyone gets any sort of an inkling that you're a dom, people are like so hyper focused on finding dominance and not really learning about themselves, what they like, learning about the community, finding friends, and like educating themselves. And people are only focused about okay, I need a dom so I can be a submissive. I think maybe listen, I need to think about that. Maybe people think they can't be submissive if they don't have a DOM, which isn't true. Just like you don't have to be in a relationship to be non-monogamous. It's like you don't, you don't need to be actively doing it to fit the label. Like it's weird.
0: We just covered a lot of ground there. That was that was ton. a lot. I talked yeah. a lot. <laughs> um, just to clarify something for our listeners who might be less familiar, can you explain a little bit more what you mean by a scene that is not about sex? What would be happening in a scene? That is not focused on sex.
1: Like for one, one so, oh, for one, for instance, like um, a sensation type thing. Where if uh, one of my good friends is like very extremely sensitive to touch, and not in a sexual manner, but it's like a very intense sensation. So like you touch her anywhere on her back, very lightly, like she'll shudder and like to like completely like melt. So like if you like say like you have a very intimate, like you can have an intimate, like uh, again these words people like like think intimate and they think okay sex they're like okay uh a relationship or a partner they're like doesn't have to be but say like I like some candles I uh, lay a sheet down on the bed I get some wax out like we start I have wax I have massage oils And I have different types of toys. Like, I have knives for, like, you know, scraping up the wax and different types of sensations with the cold metal or, like, the edge of the blade. I have these um, 3D-printed claws that I use for uh, sensation and for primal play and things like that. It's just, like, it's all about, like, in those kinds of scenes, it's all about, like, the sensation, the touch, like, and the connection between the two people. But there's no penetration. There's no touching of the genitalia unless it's, like, negotiated in. And that's something that, you know, they want. But, like... Not typically, not in like pickup play or public play. Like, I think that's just one
0: example. You just gave me some excellent ideas. Thank you. I'm <laughs> yes. like, I need to write this down. Uh
1: <laughs> this is why it's recording. Feeling
0: creative? Yeah, no, exactly. I can listen back and be like, okay, and then he said wax, and then he said 3D printed claws, and then he said I have access to all of those things. I um, can send you the link if you want. I got them off
1: at Etsy, a gold mine for King Toys. On my fitness some oh my goodness,
0: Oh, I actually have a 3D printer in my basement. So we just find oh. free we find free things on Thingiverse and then we just print <laughs> them. Yeah.
1: Even better.
0: Right? So far it's just been uh giant demon skulls as Christmas ornaments, but you know Clause for primal play sounds good, too. It's amazing. Yeah. Another thing you text on is intimacy. And Mm -hmm. here's a fun definition. I don't know if this will make things easier for you in the future. The head educator at the sex ed program that I just graduated from, her name is Kristen, from Options for Sexual Health. She defines intimacy as when you look in someone's eyes and you feel seen and you feel known. Mm -hmm. And when you think about intimacy in that context, there's... That happens for a lot of people through sex. But I know so many examples from my friends. My friends are predominantly female, female identified. uh, So many examples where they will be having sex and they feel absolutely zero intimacy. So automatically assuming that sex is intimacy, I think when we try and prevent young people from having sex, we're trying to prevent them from having one, babies too young, two, intimacy that we as adults think that young people aren't ready for. However, young people are going to be ready for intimacy when they're ready for intimacy. We don't get to dictate when one person is ready or one person isn't. I think we're also trying to protect young people from those instances of sex devoid of intimacy, because those can be incredibly traumatic for some or just really unfulfilling for others. So I I get the sense that I don't think adults know why they're trying to protect young people with abstinence only education. But I suspect it's a combination. I mean, everyone's reasons might be different. I suspect it's a combination of sex negative morals and values that come from trying to protect people from intimacy or protect young people from sex devoid of intimacy. Because if you listen to the way people talk, it should be about it's between a man and a wife, because the only people who can truly experience intimacies is two people of opposite genders completing a whole, fulfilling the opposite in the other, complementing each other, both with a penis and a vagina. Like there's a lot of that complementarianism rhetoric and So I get the sense that it could be related to that. Definitely. We also don't hear a lot of examples of uh, young men being assaulted. So I find it very interesting that that's the story that most comes to mind for you. But I have noticed Mm. even at the sex club that I work at, a lot of women are not taught to control themselves. They're taught to control men from touching them but we have to teach women just as much as men that no, they can't just go up and slap a girl's ass without asking. No, they can't just touch a guy's thigh without asking. Everyone has to ask. You can't assume that this man is thrilled for you to touch him just because he's a man.
1: But I certainly, to be fair, I mean, you know, the statistics of like, you know, well, men just don't report as much. I definitely, of course, hear stories from a lot more of my female infant presenting friends than I do from my mass friends. So it definitely is still so quite the large issue, but like, I definitely like, don't hear a lot of stories from my, but like I have my own story about being like harassed, not assaulted, but just actually harassed in high school. But then like, that was the first time, like I've heard one of my male friends almost actually getting assaulted and he probably wouldn't have thought anything of it.
0: Where did you learn all about consent? How did you get into being an enlightened young man, an enlightened college age? Some of my listeners are not college age. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> If I, I, <laughs> I, tell them my, I tell them my age and they're like, you're young. And I'm like, and this person's even Uh-oh. younger. Yeah.
1: I feel like something that definitely helped uh, initially was uh, being, obviously being grown, being raised by a single mother and uh, an amazing uh, grandfather and grandmother that instilled great values into me. I also feel like um, maybe not sex itself. In high school, I wasn't really all that interested in sex. Like having sex, like, I mean, of course, like, you know, when I was like 13, I was masturbating all the time. And like, I was like, you know, exploring my sexuality, exploring things like looking at this kind of stuff like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, But uh, when I was actually with people, like, I would always be talking to like, at the time, like, you know, I've only like recently, like, you know, come out as bisexual, and really like, like that identity for myself, but uh, growing up, I was always heterosexual. So I've only really like, so. I was always talking to girls. I always had women around me. I was always flirting. I was a flirtatious dude, I still am. Like, you know, it's just how I am. But I was never ever actually interested in like, you know, I really wanna have sex with these women or people in general. So I I didn't really like make that many advances past flirting. So I got really good at flirting and telling when people were into it and when they weren't just like through experience. I never had personally had anyone come up to me and tell me, hey, that made me uncomfortable. So I never got to. Um, I know, no, that's what it was. No one ever came up to me personally and tell me they made me, that made me uncomfortable. But when sometimes my um, growing up, my friends would do things and it would make people uncomfortable. I was like, okay, don't do that. I see. And then like, and I feel like it was also to an extent, especially in high school like it was um, pretty privileged to an extent because I feel like some people don't get nearly as weirded out like when someone attractive is saying things to them when someone is not as attractive conventionally. And I was like, hmm. But again, that's when in high school, I was like, wait a minute. That's can I really like really judge off of that? Because I feel like I've said some similar stuff or done some similar things and they seem really into it. But then when they say it, they're very visibly like not like very uncomfortable. And like, in I'm like,
0: my husband and I make jokes all the time about I mean he makes fun of these people. I don't. I'm inclusive. I'm not judgmental. Hmm. No. He, uh, <laughs> we will talk all the time about the the men on the internet like the MRA type on the the in-cell-y type on the internet like uh, complaining that, you know, oh, it's it's I can't make this comment. It's creepy when I make it, but when that hot guy makes it, it's okay. And it's like, yes, it is okay when the person returns the person's interest when that other person is sexually attracted to that person. Yes, it is an okay flirtation method. And if they are not attracted to you and you keep pushing, it will be labeled as creepy. Yes, because the other person's interest actually matters. We're not just these vessels waiting for your attention and affection to laugh at all your jokes. And his response is always... You think, you know, these are the same people who think that they would just love the attention from anyone. He's like, pick the ugly woman at the bar that you are not sexually attracted to. If she came up to you and started trying to hit on you, you would not be pleased. Or even better, picture a big unattractive man, a big hairy man. And now picture that man coming up to you and saying the same things you said. Would you be thrilled to receive that attention? No, you too would label it creepy because attraction matters. But a hot girl that you're attracted to can say literally anything. You'd be like, yeah, let's go. Obviously, this is gross oversimplification, but this assumption that attraction doesn't matter is just false. And attraction isn't necessarily like, okay, fine, if you are conventionally attractive, your chances of more people finding you attractive are higher, but it's not always about that. You should define the person who... Is receptive and attracted to you, and that's it. Then you can say maybe, maybe still don't say creepy things. Like don't open with a line like I want to open your asshole. That's not going to work. No, for you. no, no. <laughs> Real line I got once when I was college age.
1: That's so I don't want to fuck it. I don't want to. I want to open it.
0: Open like, it. What does that
1: mean? I'm assuming
0: he wanted to take a look, goatsey style.
1: I see. Like, hmm. Very nice, very nice. The propos uh, the prostate. <laughs>
0: the- <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one of those. I'm just curious. What other fun comments do you get on TikTok? Like, do you get any personal comments that, you know, about you? About me? What yeah. I get a lot of people, uh, every once in a while the comments that I get on my TikTok are that's clearly a dude, or Um, about, like, my apparent latex camel toe, you know? Like, I get, like, a lot of... Or, like, I want to... Or, like, just you're hot. Like, I get, like... Those are the three main categories of, you know, and, like, sexual comments directed to me. And I'm, like, cool, but I only respond to the questions that are people asking for legitimate information. I
1: feel like there was a period in which that did happen a little bit, but I feel like to an extent I was egging it on because I was using it for content because I was, like, responding to comments and, like, making funny responses. Yeah. But I don't feel like... in, In... my public comments and never really got crazy or disrespectful And my FetLife DMs and in my Instagram DMs is where people got wild for a while. My first like seven month stretch on TikTok, I'd say. And I was so surprised because it was the majority of them were women. And I was like, if this doesn't work for us, why would you think it's gonna work for you because of that over, like what you said before, like just because I'm a man, you're like, oh my gosh, I see titties in my DMs. Oh my, I'm gonna hop on that immediately. Yes, please, where, where, can, I, where can we fuck? Like, I don't know you, I don't want you. I just open my DMs first thing in the morning. I see titties in my DMs. I don't know how old you are. I don't know anything about you. Why are you sending me titties in my DMs? <laughs> this shit is fucked. <laughs>
0: Do you have people um, opening? I get this too, which is why I'm asking. What, do you get people opening up with uh, like a line that assumes you're already their dom? Yes. How do you respond to those? I
1: usually don't. Yeah. I don't anymore. And I have a couple, I think it's actually going to TikTok to do this actually because I have some still, like I yesterday I actually screenshotted some of my felt like DMs that I got. I felt like it's usually men gay men that like, uh, hit me up. And I'm just gonna like do some responses to that uh, in a couple of days. But I should do that to some of those as well. It's so weird. Like they just come to me thinking like, oh, he's a dom. Obviously he's just gonna want a dom anyway. Like I don't I don't know what the thought process is. I don't think that's it either. I don't know what the thought process
0: is. Um, I had a guy recently message me saying, um, are you looking for a submissive or like, are you a dom? And my, my running joke, not joke right now is like, I would love to be a fitness dom where I just show up to people at the gym and I tell them to work mm. out harder. <laughs> Like that's, that's, that's the only kind of doming I'm interested. There's absolutely no sex. It'll be an intimate connection where I yell at you to do more push-ups. That's what I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fitness instructor. I'm just going to tell you, I'll fix your form and tell you to do it right. Um, and so this one guy's like, are you, are you a dom? And I'm like, uh, yeah, you can pay me to fitness dom you. And he's just like, Oh, well, like, are you interested in losers like me? And I'm like, I don't do humiliation. <laughs> so if that's what you're looking for, I just do fitness domination. And he's like, Okay. But like, I'm pathetic. What, you know, could I, could I blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, really? He's like, well, what, what's next? I'm like, well, prove to me that you're interested with a, with a tip or a tribute, like prove to me that you're a serious person worth my time to have this conversation with. If you want a dom, because if you're contacting me on the internet, I'm assuming you're trying to pay for services. (laughs) And as soon as I tried to bring it back to pay me, Oh, he disappears. And, like, he did the other thing where, like, he's actively trying to get me to, like, dirty talk him for free. Like, oh, what would you do with a pathetic loser like me? And I'm like, I'll tell you when you send me money. (laughs) Like, I fucking hate those people. It's ridiculous. Like, you gotta...
1: (laughs) My time is valuable. Like, I could be doing anything Mm -hmm. else. Like, I actually run businesses that, like... I do this for people that pay for it. Like, why are you, Why do you think we do this for you? Mm-hmm. It's so entitled.
0: Bitches just want e-transfers, which is the Canadian equivalent of saying bitches just want Venmo. <laughs> e-transfers. <So, laughs> <laughs> e-transfers. We have direct bank-to-bank Jesus e-transfers. Christ. We don't have Venmo
1: here. <laughs> I actually feel like I like that better, honestly. Yeah,
0: except it's associated with your legal name, so there's some, um, some conflict. I need to get a transfer app. Anyway, um, long story short, I just hate when people slide into my DMs assuming that I'm going to want to engage in any sort of intimate conversation with them like they're someone that I've gone on a date with or like they're a client. And I'm like, you are neither. Please fuck (laughs) off or send me One of the two,
1: please. Thankfully, lately, not even lately, the past, like, maybe, like, five months, I'd say, it's completely, like, almost completely gone away. And I was, like, I was getting it for a while and I was getting a lot of it. I was, like, what the fuck is this? I can't imagine what film presenting people go through. If I'm going through this now, from, like, January to, like, September, and then it, like, settled out, it was, like... Like, I had hundreds of DMs on Instagram alone of people trying to get at me. Some of them were, like, nice comments, like, oh, I really love your TikToks and shit like that. But a lot of them were just, like, people trying to slide. And I'm Like, I don't know you. I don't care to get to know you now off this. Like, why would you think that this is what you should do?
0: If someone's going to successfully slide into your DMs, what do they have to do?
1: Mm, you should ask my submissive, because that's what she did. <laughs> she, like, I always... Why not always? Because, like... I'm very bad at responding, but I would try to respond to the people that gave me, um, that were positive and that were respectful. She DM'd me saying that, like, hey, I really like your TikToks. I really like that you're, you know, like spreading this kind of thing. Like, you know, I, I like those kinds of things. And I like, you know, I respond like a thank you, things like that. And then, you know, I saw she had an anime profile picture. So, you know, I love anime. And then like, we kind of, we went from there. And then now she's my submissive and my girlfriend. And like, you know, so it's not like it's not like that thing. So I, I can't say I don't get why people do it. Cause it's not like that kind of thing doesn't work. But like start off, like don't start off spicy. Like that doesn't that turns almost everyone off. I know there are some people that are into it. I feel it. Like, well, maybe not. Maybe let me not say that. It is not the most safe approach.
0: Yeah, your chances of getting rejected are higher than if you open up with something else. Side note, I know we had talked recently about how you have an OnlyFans, I have an OnlyFans. The OnlyFans news was a big deal to us. But now OnlyFans is allowing our content to remain on OnlyFans. Any thoughts on that?
1: So I am, so some of my creator friends, you know, they've been posting about this kind of thing. And I'm definitely in agreeance, in agreement with the fact that this does scare me and it makes me like, it's not like I trusted them, but now I have a distrust for them. So I am still starting my Fansly account and I will still be ready to post content there. I think I'm going to stay on OnlyFans for now, but like I'm going to have my page ready. Some other people are like, okay, now fuck OnlyFans, they clearly don't want us. We're not gonna. Uh, we're not gonna fuck with them again. When when you're done, and we're moving on. Like just because I feel like like it's easier for me right now to just stay on OnlyFans and just have my fans be ready for if they fuck up again or if some bullshit happens, I'm just gonna I'm just leaving. So because they backpedaled, and it's easier for me right now just to stay. I'm going to stay, but it's
0: we're all we're all a little bit like okay OnlyFans, what are you gonna give us like to make sure that we don't ditch you? So many people already have.
1: Like it's crazy.
0: I wonder if they realized exactly how many people they were going to lose based off of how many people started to leave, like how much money they were going to lose by by trying to compete with something like Patreon, for example, and ignoring the sex workers. I wonder if this was a sex-positive choice and a moral choice or just a financial choice. I know that while well, we uh, credit card companies pressured uh, Pornhub to make certain changes to their website, honestly, the changes Pornhub made, like, I think net good, probably long term, but like I was reading an article from some one of my followers occasionally send me really interesting articles. And this one was about how it's actually Christian moral groups lobbying credit card companies that then will say, "Okay, we're not going to work with you as a financial institution. But that's also not only in the states where there's Christian groups lobbying financial institutions. That happens everywhere where banks will just be like, no, we're not going to work with you because we don't want to be involved in this. But the things that they don't want to be involved in are perfectly legal activities. I feel like
1: it definitely played a part, but then like how big of a part did it really play? Like with how fast they were able to just like, oh no, no, everything's cool. Like, oh, porn is back. Let's get it.
0: Yeah, We've been able to secure more finances. Yeah, okay. I'm not distrustful
1: in the fact that it was a factor, sure. And now, especially knowing that it's happened to other people. Like, but like it clearly wasn't that big an issue. Like, it clearly didn't matter that much if the next day, like, it was, like, two days later. Oh, no, we're all cool. Porn's back. Stay,
0: please. I saw so many articles coming out about... It was actually really funny how many sex workers and porn stars were like, well, I don't make my entire income off of OnlyFans, but I have friends who do. And I feel like we all have that one friend who makes their money off of OnlyFans, but most of us are just making some of our money off of OnlyFans. So for a lot of us, it was like, well, fuck you, OnlyFans, but I guess we'll take our business elsewhere. And I do feel really bad for the people where their only income was, yes. was you know what I mean? When you put in a lot of effort to gaining. It's like when you get a shadow ban on ah. TikTok and all of those, and all of those people are just gone.
1: It's amazing. Like, oh, fucking love yeah. it
0: it's frustrating. Our world now revolves around having a social media following. If you want to be a content creator or even have a message, if you want to have a message of any kind, you need to have a presence on social media. And these social media private companies have so much control over what we can and can't post. And it's almost exhausting trying to work within these boundaries about something that a private company has determined they don't want to have, even though what you are doing, once again, is perfectly legal and has no problems. Uh, you know, it makes me want to just go full anarchist occasionally.
1: I don't think that's necessarily, um, oh, no, hypothetically, hypothetically, I wouldn't say that's the worst idea, but like not in real life. Of course,
0: hypothetically. No, anarchy is bad, but also like it's very frustrating how private companies can just make determinations for that are not at all in line with what's legally okay,
1: and it fucks everything up. And like, and it uh, what's it called? And it's not even just with communities like ours because they end up doing like similar things in different ways to other communities on their platforms, and like end up pissing everybody off. And now nobody's happy, and everybody fucking hates the app. But we still use it because like, kind of have to. We're stuck here now, yeah. And even then, like, that's exhausting enough. But before all this bullshit happened, dealing with the communities that we were in alone was already fucking exhausting. I hate internet drama so much. It's so fucking stupid. I'm the young, I was the youngest, well, I guess when my submissive started going, she was, but I was, for the longest time, the youngest person that had a pretty big following in the King community. And all of these motherfuckers were like 27, 28 plus and that's like most people were above that pretty by pretty significantly and they were all fucking not all obviously not all but so many of them were so fucking childish it caused so much drama and it made me leave so many times and it fucked with my account because of that shit. because like if you don't post obviously you know like like yeah for those who don't if you don't post for a while you get, you get out of favor with the algorithm and then like you come back, maybe your first video will do good, but then the ones after that will do pretty shit. And then now you're even more like disheartened and like you lose the fucking motivation to keep going and then you leave again and then you come back. And now there's more drama. Like what the fuck are you people doing?
0: Yeah, um, or in my case, I leave because they take down everything I fucking post. There'll be like, they'll like, just be like, no, nah, that's down. And I'm like, dude, this was going to be my one post of the week. I don't have the energy to post again. I don't even know how to edit this. It's not funny if I take out the one thing that made it funny. Did you take it down because I was in a bikini or did you take it down because I said dick? But that guy's in a bikini wearing, saying dick. I don't understand. You know, that's, yeah. When I uh, first started on TikTok, I tried doing a response video. Someone sent me a TikTok of this young teenager saying something that was like actually factually incorrect on so many levels. So I just made like a, a response video. And all of her friends were attacking me in my, de- like, attacking me in the comments, being like, a- a- implying that I had attacked her. As opposed to me just being like, they're like, what, you have nothing better to do than attack this girl? And I'm like, no, I'm just giving better information. And I think they, like, the the way that the these were definitely, like... I mean younger, not older, but the way they were talking, I was like, oh, so your your youth you don't understand that if you post something on the internet, people actually can engage with it and respond and it's not just being put into a void. Like people are gonna are gonna engage with what you post and they're going to correct you if you're wrong. I'm so sorry that you think that my correction of her information is me attacking her. Please go to therapy, children. Thank you. You cannot suck me into your internet drama. But that is the last time I did a response video to a teenager, because I was like, okay, they are just not mentally equipped to handle it, apparently. I'm not gonna be the adult that makes them feel bullied. So <laughs> that's not gonna be me.
1: Dealing with that kind of stuff is so stupid. I mean, when I was, uh, I mean, I guess I could, you know, I like, you can always handle things better. But whenever I got even a little bit like outside of my, I won't say my character, but the part of myself that I put onto TikTok and got upset or raised my voice or got like any sort of like inflammatory thing, everybody was just like, bro, you didn't have to go that hard. What do you mean? What are you doing, bro? You're supposed to be the bigger person. You're a conjugated, you're so big, you gotta be careful with, with, with your platform and everything. Like, what the fuck is wrong with
0: you people? I'm allowed to have feelings, motherfuckers. No one's allowed to yell except for men. Men are allowed to yell as much as they want. But if the rest of us yell, then, you know, we're just overly emotional. And obviously, you know, we have to be careful with our feelings. You're too emotional. clearly, well, Ray, Ray, relax. Clearly. Oh, God. Well, why are you
1: raising your voice at me? You should be smiling.
0: I think it's fascinating how people think logic is the opposite of emotion. You can have feelings and still be logical. You can you can say, I'm really upset right now, and here's why. Because you did this thing, and, and the reason you're upset is actually quite logical. But have you noticed that that uh, logic is the, uh, the tool people use to say your point is wrong because you have feelings about it? So one of my favorite things to do when I'm arguing with men is say, well, is it that this is a true fact, or is this just how you feel about it? Until you can point to a statistic that backs up your claim. I'm going to assume it's just your feelings that are making this point, and they fucking hate it. That's actually the best. It's really fun. I did have a a friend of mine recently screenshot like a bunch of statistics on a page and be like, so these are the statistics that I am now drawing. This backs up what I was feeling. And I'm like, fine, now I will engage with what it was very entertaining. And I was being very condescending and fucking loving it. It's just so
1: tasty. Like uh, giving people a taste of their own medicine. It's just so delicious.
0: I agree. Should we take a break? Sure. Hello, everybody. We really want to be able to devote our time to giving you entertaining and educational sex content, and we really don't want to have to run ads. If you like what we do, help us pay our bills so we can keep doing it. Join us at patreon.com slash Ray. We have three options for the Patreon. You can officially join the Deviants Defining Elite for $3 US a month, and we'll shout you out on an episode. For $6.66 a month, become a fuck demon and get two bonus episodes every month on top of the shout out. I'll be reading sex news fresh off the press. You can join me twice a month for that. For $18 a month, help us live the high life and we'll throw you some merchandise in exchange. To support the podcast, head to patreon.com sexnewswithray and sign up now. It is time for a listener question. King, is it okay to take one for the team in swinging, I'm gonna say,
1: and this is a it's pretty this is a pretty cop out answer. You have to do you know whatever you feel comfortable with. You know, I, you know, if that's if that's what you feel as though you can handle, or, or what you feel as though you want to do for your relationship, you know, go on right ahead. But if it's too much for you, you know, you can always always say no, always back out, always change the change the dynamic, change the rules. You know, make some amendments to your relationship. You know, it's not static, it's not not set in stone forever. And you can always. Pretty flexible
0: whenever i get vague questions like this i really like to think about what are all of the potential things they could be asking so is he saying take one for the team like he's gonna do anal with a dude because his girlfriend wants to watch and he's not into dudes like he's gonna he's gonna get a dude to fuck him up the ass but he's straight and has never done anal before and his girlfriend's gonna watch like does that is that what he means (laughs) by taking it for the team if so no you don't need to do that but as you said things are not static things can evolve By take one for the team, do you mean be in a threesome that you're just not interested in? Do you mean engage in a sexual situation you're maybe not 100% into, but you know your partner's really into it, so you're going to do it because it makes them happy? In that case, yes, it's okay to take one for the team. But if you are just not interested and this is a boundary that you have and, it like, I'm trying to think of an example, like, because we used to get people who would walk into Oasis and they'd leave in a fight. There's always that one hot couple dressed really well that never take off their clothes who leave fighting. Because he was like, we're going to just go to a sex club. And she's like, we're just going to go to a sex club. And he's like, now we're going to fuck a, and have a threesome. And she goes, that is not <laughs> what I agreed to. You know, in that case, she should not be expected to take one for the team and vice versa if the genders were reversed in any way. Right. Like if you've gone into a space, you don't renegotiate in the middle of a scene. You don't renegotiate in the middle of a, of a date. Um, Same thing. So in that case, that's on it. But if if you have planned ahead and there is something that you are doing because it will make your partner so happy and you want to make your partner happy so you can get off on that. Sure. But consent matters. So So you don't need to do a sex act that you are not interested in, not into that. Like if you can't get it up metaphorically, mentally, any gender, if you as a woman or or a femme bodied person or like, I am not wet for this. Or like, you know, I'm not mentally wet for this. This is not mentally stimulating in any way. Or, you know, no, you don't need to take one. But yes, it's okay <laughs> if you're comfortable with it. I feel like that
1: actually brings up a good point if you have some time to talk about it. Not a point, I mean, um, so an idea of the problem or not the problem, the potential. Like, How do you feel about enthusiastic consent?
0: I think that kind of like with sexual assault, we have an idea of what enthusiastic consent is, but nobody fucking mm-hmm. knows what it actually looks like. I think enthusiastic consent is really good Uh, the first time that you are having sex with someone. But, like, the longer you're with someone, seven years later, uh, you know, sure, I could go for it. Sometimes it's enough, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, okay, like, I'd rather sleep, but I'll do it for you. That's honestly, like, usually okay in some things. I think consent is also something that is not static in the course of a relationship. When you have been with someone for years and years and years, and they're like, hey, do you want to do this? Sometimes you're like, fuck yeah, I want to do that. Let's try that. Let's get drunk. Let's pull out all the toys. Let's get out the squirting blanket because <laughs> we're gonna make a fucking mess. And sometimes they're like, do you want to have sex? And you're like, not really, but I'll blow you if that'll do. And they're like, yeah, that'll do. And you're like, all right, let's do that. That's not really enthusiastic consent, but no one's being sexually assaulted. Right. <laughs> that <laughs> was quite the interaction. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you, Dave, my cat just fell off the desk Feel free to edit that that sound out And are laughing out What do you think about enthusiastic consent? I feel like it can
1: definitely cause some issues Especially when you describe You know, a lot of you know, these interactions Especially when we're our age or My age, I guess uh, You describe
0: We can say our age, <laughs> it's
1: fine, I'm not 30 yet yeah, So when we're our age, you know Describing these interactions that we have with our friends And then you know, our friends getting into your head, to like, well, I mean, you know, if that didn't happen, if this didn't happen, then I actually think, you know, you got raped and like, things like that. And, like, then people getting into your head, you know, you're not really sure about what happened. Like, you know, oh, you know, what happened was cool. And, like, you felt like, oh, yeah, what happened was cool. I'm okay with it. And then, you know, the next day, you're like, maybe I'm not so cool with it because of what my friends said and things like that. Because I didn't, like, you know, I didn't give a gung-ho. I wasn't really, like, you know oh yeah no please please like please fuck me things like that i feel like it can just be a dangerous mindset to have i feel like it is great when it occurs but i feel like it is sometimes an unrealistic standard like even with newer i feel like even with newer relationships i definitely agree with your point but i even feel like sometimes when the thing or the interactions are newer
0: um enthusiastic consent can be a blend of verbal and nonverbal. Some people just aren't very verbal. Some people aren't very expressive with their faces. Other people are nonverbal, very expressive. I think the issue and the reason we are now encouraging enthusiastic consent is because people who disassociate during sex, so you can't read their body language. You know, people have been through trauma. Sometimes they just do because they're doing and they you think it's enthusiastic, but, you know, and I, I think it's very hard for people to be able to identify if someone is actually into it based off of body language When we know that uh, people, typically femme people, will go with the flow if they feel like they're in danger. And sometimes it takes very little to make that person feel like they're in danger. All it takes is someone ignoring their no twice to make this person think, okay, I'm in danger. Like your body reacts to danger in that scenario, so you just go with it which is very different than going with it because going with the flow. So I think the reason that we encourage enthusiastic consent is specifically because of those instances. And then there's no confusion. You can still have bad sex and bad sex isn't assault, right? Like bad sex exists and that doesn't make it assault. I think if we wanted to give examples of enthusiastic consent that maybe weren't yes, yes, fuck me now, it would be something like when they are touching more than just your genitals, You know, like if someone is touching just your genitals and nothing else, I would maybe uh, interrogate that for a bit. Like when you're really into someone, you're touching their shoulders, their stomach, their thighs, their their face, their neck. You're touching. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that when you're having good, enthusiastic sex, it's about so much more than just the genitals. And when someone goes straight for the genitals, in my mind, that's also really bad sex. Like you need to go for the non-erogenous zones, warm up the body, whether whatever body parts you have, whatever gender you identify with. People don't want you to go straight for the genitals. They want the T's to a certain extent. So I think you can tell when something's enthusiastic based off of what they're doing to your body outside of the genitalia. I definitely agree.
1: Does that agree. make sense?
0: Yeah. And I think that that's maybe we're just misunderstanding what enthusiasm looks like. We know what it sounds like, but we don't necessarily know what it looks like or feels like, even in ourselves. Because I do have friends who would say no and people would ignore it. So they would just go with it. That's assault. But the person was like, you know, people are trained to think that no is a barrier that they have to overcome because, oh, well, she's just saying no because she's been trained to say no, because you know what I mean? Like that kind of lie, lie shit as opposed to just believing people when they say no. If someone says no, and they wanted you to push past their no, and you're not in a dom sum relationship, too bad that person's not getting laid. They can go fuck themselves. They don't deserve sex if they can't communicate effectively. But I'm wondering, <laughs> <laughs> right, so Just I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is so co-. it's very complicated. But I know that as a young woman what did yes feel like for me versus what did no feel like for me was sometimes hard to identify even in my own body. We need to teach more mindfulness as part of sex ed. I definitely
1: agree. I think even for myself, it is, I'm not a very, you know, despite my online persona, like in my everyday life, I'm not a very too expressive person, especially when it comes to positive emotions. And, you know, that's an, that's an issue that I have in my relationships sometimes. Like, you know, I'm feeling cool. I'm chilling or I'm feeling great. but You know, I'm just pretty st- I'm a pretty stoic dude usually. I'm just really like not expressive. And that kinda like, you know, it's my partner spell some sort of way like maybe not during sexual interactions because I'm more expressive there, but like in just regular intimate interactions where like, you know, they're really into it and I might not like as look as I like, I might not look like I'm as into it as I actually am. I'm having as much fun as I am just because, you know, I'm just laid back most of the time.
0: Yeah. Well also I've noticed that most uh, a lot of men don't make noises during sex like a lot of men don't allow them like they like i have interacted with many more men who expect me to moan like a porn star but are making absolutely no noise how do i know you're enjoying it because you're hard that's just physical stimulus that's not consent an erection is not this is true No, no, no. That's just a physical response to stimuli. And it's interesting
1: to hear, well, I mean, at least on social media, a lot of women in film presenting people really enjoy that when it comes from men and masked people. Like when they make when they make noise during sex and they're not just sitting there or like when they send nut videos with the sound on, like they want to hear that shit like, because they don't get to hear it like during their sexual interaction. It's
0: fucking awkward if it's a room full of silence and you're the only one making <laughs> noise. It's like, welcome to yeah. my podcast. I, guess. Like, I- <laughs> You know? Like, I think that some of that comes from too much porn, to be honest, because the men in porn don't really make a lot of noise either. Or and their faces aren't showing. <laughs> exactly. How are you supposed to... How are men supposed... To, when men learn how to have sex from porn, how are they supposed to know what noises they're yes, gonna You gotta make? watch more gay porn. Clearly. That's the solution. On that note, where can people follow you? King
1: Scorpio KS on all of my social medias, on Twitch, Instagram... OnlyFans, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. King Scorpio KS, maybe slight variations with a dot or an underscore, but you can find me there. And I'm also a affiliate of uh, Honey Playbox, a sex uh, online sex store. And if you guys are ever looking for a place to shop anything sex toys or uh, sex related fun, sex related research, uh, HoneyPlayBox.com is a great site for this kind of thing. If you use my code, uh, Scorpio, you get 25% off everything in store. So please, uh, have fun. Go shopping with your partner. Make it a date night. Get some, uh, Pick out
0: some toys together and have some fun. It's my favorite thing is to go toy shopping with a partner. If you want to join the Deviants Defining Elite, you can join our communities on Patreon at patreon.com slash Ray, And of course, Sex News with Ray on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can submit a listener question through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email Ray at gmail.com or you can DM me. Now you know how to slide into DMs appropriately. Follow me at Ray on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and razorlatex on Instagram and OnlyFans. Let me know if you want to shout out your OnlyFans King Scorpio, unless you already did, because it's also King Scorpio. I sure did, but I mean,
1: plug it again, of course. I
0: mean, <laughs> OnlyFans and Fansley. This podcast is engineered and produced by Dave Meisner and is hosted at sexnewswithray.podbean.com. The theme music is by Blank and Brilliant. Special thank you to Blue Microphones and photography for our logo is by Dolly Shots Photography.